This is the Jada Edwards Podcast. Welcome to Season 5. As usual, we're going to get into the Bible and the Word of God, but we're also going to talk about friendship and overall wellness, what it means to be in various seasons of life, laugh a lot, and grow together. I can't wait for you to see what's in store. Today, I have got the woman of all women. <laughs> she is the one and only, I want to call her Nona Not Nora because that's her <laughs> IG handle. So that's what I used to call her for a really long time. I'd be like, y'all know Nona Not Nora? But her name is actually Nona Jones. And uh, Nona is a powerhouse, not only in industry and in the marketplace, but as a wife, as the wife of a pastor, as a mother, as a ministry leader, as a preacher, as an author, like all the things. You know, women, we need to have like 17 titles. To, this is what we do. And so I'm so glad you're here here thank you for being with us today oh i'm glad to be here my sister yes. and listen i'm just i'm just in your shadow because girl you are, please if i'm a powerhouse you are a power like factory listen and i'm just one of the this is my spirit twin because like you're one of the only people i think you're like the only person i know mm -hmm. where we find ourselves a mm -hmm. lot cross at intersections in ministry <laughs> high level mm -hmm. jobs outside yes. of ministry in yes. the marketplace church leadership like all the things all the things i'm just Literally. like i really am grateful for you because we have some really good conversations Likewise. that i'm like oh, only known to get it so Likewise. okay so thank you for being with <laughs> yes. us okay i'm gonna jump in because yes. um nona just delivered a message at our climb conference if you don't have it go purchase the download link because it's gonna bless your whole soul <laughs> uh she just delivered a message where we got to understand just some of the tools that mm -hmm. leaders can use uh tools that I think we think of more in the business place yeah. than we do in church. Mm -hmm. And so I want to just throw out a big, huge softball to you and let you tell me, you may yeah. not talk about what you just talked about. Sure. What are your five top tools? When you're like, I'm going in, I'm doing an assessment. Here's what you need in your toolkit if you're going to be successful. Sure. So um, the, the title of my talk was Data-Informed Leadership. Mm -hmm. And um, the idea of data-informed leadership is that you use uh, quantitative data, which mm -hmm. is something that could be numerically counted, as well as quality qualitative data, which is people's experiences, in order to determine what are the decisions you need to make. Mm -hmm. And so one of the tools that I use from a quantitative standpoint um, is I use surveys. And mm -hmm. this is very, very simple, mm -hmm. just using surveys. And um, you can gather data from people, like their experiences, what they think about your products, your tools, your services. Um, something that we're about to implement at our church is a culture survey, which mm -hmm. is something we've never done before. Okay. But it's designed to figure out what is the sentiment of the people who are attending our church? Do they feel like they're growing? Um, are are they actually in community with other yeah. people? What is their spiritual condition? Oh, and so great. being able to get that as a baseline, and we'll do the survey maybe every like six months or so just to see, are we helping people make progress? Are we helping people grow? Um, so that's one of the tools that I use. Uh, last year, I talked about a Darcy matrix. Listen, we were all the most screenshot and people were like, send me the slides. You know, our my team was texting me going, oh my God, we better start Darcy. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. And your husband actually made a handout. Listen, We'll make a system in a minute. <laughs> I was so impressed. Yeah. Um, but a Darcy matrix, what it does is it just articulates the different roles and responsibilities that people have mm -hmm. on a team. I think what happens is we put somebody in a, in a job and we just assume that they're going to get the job done. Right. But every role has adjacencies, mm -hmm. which means other people, other teams that they mm -hmm. have to work with. But the question becomes, what is their role in a given project or initiative? So a Darcy matrix basically articulates who's the decision maker mm -hmm. in a given project or That's a given responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, who's accountable? Like who is the one person, not mm -hmm. 10, 
mm-hmm. who's the one person that their job is to get this thing done. Right. Um, who's responsible? This mm-hmm. is who are the people that have to contribute to this project. It could mm-hmm. be the people on that accountable person's team, or it could be people who are on other teams, but right. they're responsible. Then it's um, who should be consulted. Right. So who are the people that maybe have knowledge and wisdom that the team needs to carry out the project? And then who just needs to be kept informed? Mm-hmm. But what a Darcy Matrix does is it just articulates the names of the people yeah. who need to be part of that project. Yeah. And a lot of times we just skip to doing stuff. We do. And we don't clarify people's roles. Listen, let me tell you why I love that. I love that model because it it has changed even the way I structure calls. Because mm. now I can say, oh, I want this call with all, I need the decision makers yes. for this. I'm running a conference. I'm getting ready for women's conference, yes. which you've blessed us to be at a couple times. And so I can say, I'm running a conference. I need a call with our, our decision makers. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm talking to seven to nine people or whatever. Then I might go out a level. Okay, I need our decision makers and our staff liaisons. Yes. They're accountable for a yes. lot of stuff. So it, it just helps to co- like clarify what everybody's doing. Then <laughs> once they know they're a consultant, Yes, okay. yes. That's like when you not need to know. Maker. That's when you need to know you're in the CC and not the two. Okay, I try to explain to people in the email. If you're in the CC, yes. let alone the BC. If you are blind copy, everybody didn't see your name. You talking about some reply all? Get your life. <laughs> like if you're not in the two, <laughs> then it's not to all. you. You, you like, seen it? How you got? How this? did you get it? Oh, they blind copy. <laughs> Who else is blind Who copy? Else is blind right. Copy. Don't so it yourself. is putting people in a lane that yeah. says, "Oh, I'm a consultant." So I might not agree with what we're doing, but I'm not decision maker on this. Yes. Go with God. You like yes. it. I love it. And yeah. everybody needs to know their role because mm-hmm. then people try to start jumping lanes. And so that has been one of the best practical tools. So yes. I love it. Okay. We got surveys uh-huh. and Darcy. Yeah. So another tool that's really important is, and it's not even a tool. It's more of like a mental model mm-hmm. is, is what I call a problem statement. So before oh, yeah, you, you talked about that. rush mm-hmm. to do anything, mm-hmm. you need to be really clear about what the problem is that you're trying to solve. And I think too, oftentimes we, we kind of settle for the symptom, Mm -hmm. which is basically the indicator that there's a problem. So Mm -hmm. the example that I gave, this is like a fictitious but like realistic example, Mm -hmm. is a church that maybe they didn't make budget, okay? And so you might think, well, the solution to that problem is we're going to just teach on tithing. That's what we want to do. We need a tithing series. We need a tithing series, (laughs) and we got to teach these people. But at the end of the day, when you actually look at the numbers, what you may realize is it's not that people aren't giving because they don't understand they don't have the money. Like maybe there's a certain season of the year where they just have more expenses. And so it it allows you to think differently about the problem. It's like maybe the problem isn't I have to teach on tithing. The problem is I have to figure out how to give people more financial capacity. So maybe what Mm -hmm. we do is if the expenses are related to, you know, summer camp for their kids, Mm -hmm. maybe we get grants and we host a summer camp. So we actually give these people more discretionary income. So a problem statement will help you figure out what is the current state Mm -hmm. and then what's the desired outcome that we're Mm. trying to shoot for. So again, that's just a mental model that people mm-hmm. can use. I think people struggle with that. I, I, I don't want to limit it to church leaders. I Have you seen in your experience, in my experience, we like ambiguity because mm-hmm. then there's not much accountability. Yes. When I'm, when I'm ambiguous, you can't hold me to it. Yeah. We just, we love vision. Our yeah. culture loves vision and mm-hmm. vision boarding and vision statements mm-hmm. and mission. And those are great, but they're starting points. Yes. Right? If you don't add tangible outcomes. Yes. And we love just vision mm-hmm. because you can't really measure it. No one can tell you whether or not you're on track. No. Mm. 
Have you found that that people really kind of shy away from those specific type of goals? I have definitely found that. And I would also offer that that is not God's way. So I gave the example. I talked about how in Exodus 25, when God starts to tell Moses how to, how to, you know, worship him. And he talks about how to construct the tabernacle. The tabernacle is a whole situation. It's six chapters. Yes. God is like. talking about three pieces of rock. (laughs) They must be pink. And one has to have a soft edge. This type of metal, this type of stone, this type of. and, And it's like. That's yeah. how God communicates vision. It's, it's data informed. It is specific. God does not leave us to our own devices. Yeah. He's like, no, this is what it is. But I think you're right. It's like we do. We just say, you know, we're going to be the most impactful church in the community. Mm, to who? Why? Right. And how? then what that does. By when? By when? <laughs> and what does it look like? And so our yeah. people end up filling in the blanks. And we wonder as a leader, like, why we're not making progress. Mm. Because we haven't taken the time to actually think about what are we doing? Yeah. And that's our job as leaders. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so good. And I and I you you made a statement that is a sentiment here at our church that the difference between volunteer and staff is not standard. Mm-mm. It's just conversation. Mm-hmm. Volunteers, mm-hmm. you have conversation coming from somewhere Come else. Come on. Maybe. Yeah. But I mean it's <laughs> she said maybe I mean you may you may be retired or a stay at home yeah. mom or something, but the standard is not compromised, and I don't Mm-mm. know why we we are so willing to give more Mm-mm. to things in the marketplace that don't impact eternity. Absolutely and not. And then come in here and then treat the church like you should be grateful that I'm here. No. I, no. I believe that we have to bring – look, I may – and I don't do this in practice because I'm just i not this way oriented, but I may show up to work and give them whatever I feel like mm-hmm. giving that day. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the kingdom of God – Oh, no, we're going to figure out how to give excellence. We're going to figure it out because that is eternity. I once heard uh, John Bevere said something so powerful. I love math. And he was like, any number, no matter how big it is, Mm -hmm. when you divide it by infinity, it's zero. So if you live 100 years, divide that by infinity, that's Mm -hmm. zero. If you live 1,000 years, divide Mm -hmm. it by infinity, that's zero. So we only have a finite number of years within which to determine how we spend eternity we have to make the most of it. So yeah. I love my job, mm-hmm. but. But the church. Listen, listen, if I'm feeling under the weather listen. and I got a sick day at work, right. I'm going to take a sick day there because I know I got to teach that's tonight. It. Like, you're like, I, that's, that's where I'm going to give my energy because, yes. and I'm reflecting to people, here is what I think of my God. Yes, Here's what I think it. of my God. I don't that's think it. less of him than my boss. Mm-mm. And no. I mean, it's, it's a whole, that's a whole sermon. I think we have to, we have to discipline ourselves not to lower the bar because someone yeah. is serving without financial mm. compensation. It's like, no, this is the standard. Right. Whether you're compensated financially or not right. this is the standard which by the way is only an american thing like true that is something we started that anyway whatever right <laughs> all right that's 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 we get we had two tools and a mental model mm-hmm. what else would be a couple other things um, you would say for a toolkit i would say for leaders it's important to if you have if a team member comes to you with a problem and they're like we need to implement this new thing mm. um we need a prison ministry we need a prison ministry <laughs> there's a couple of things that i would recommend one ask that person what problem is that going to solve mm-hmm. and how do you recommend we solve it? And what will the result be? Because that's what drives accountability. That, the problem is that's what the Lord said. God had told me. Praise the Lord. And that sounds like <laughs> something that the Lord is calling you personally to. Listen. And then when you ask Listen. him, do you want to lead it? Uh-uh. I just have the idea I want y'all to do it. Right. No, man. No. No. It's like the Lord may be calling you to that. Yeah. At this house, though. Well, as for me and my, my house. We, we saw problems. We require we a hypothesis. <laughs> We require you to, to tell us what's going to happen and what we expect. Right. Um, and then just like, okay, we need to we need to establish some goals around this yeah. thing. Like, Oof, that, what can we expect? That problem statement is so good. How do you – now I'm going to ask you a side question. On yeah. That. Do you work with people to help them 
figure out the problem Mm because sometimes we just we just know i don't feel well right you don't know is it flu is it covid do i have no money what i need we just like i don't feel well i'm gonna go rest so we we have a blanket approach to Mm -hmm. solutions because we're really only trying to manage our symptoms correct take a Tylenol and go to bed i'm not trying to get to the heart of it how do you help a person begin to shift and say i need to get to the problem that i'm trying to solve i typically um ask the question why like Mm -hmm. anywhere from three to five times so if somebody comes to me and they say you know um for example i use the budget issue like Mm -hmm. man you know we didn't make budget last year why is that well people just aren't giving like they used to why is that? Mm. Well, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a recession going on. Okay, well, why is that? Mm. Well, I think uh, the local utility company is being hit by whatever. Mm. Oh, why is that? So so mm-hmm. I'm asking why because the more I ask why, the more we get to the root. And now we have a problem that we could really put some, some meat on and mm-hmm. solve that will eventually impact the upstream indicator of the problem. Mm. I think that's, we that's have to discipline good. ourselves to do that. It's like, well, why is that? Yeah. Don't don't just stop at, we should do this. Right. Well, why is that a problem that we should solve? Why does it even yeah. exist? Yeah. And why does that exist? Yeah. And why did that happen? Mm-hmm. Being curious. Right. It's like a toddler. Pretty much. Makes you want yeah. to do it because I said so. But yes. yes. It's yes. so good. Last night, John Maxwell said something that just stuck with me. He said, if you have an abundance mindset, you will know that no matter how difficult the issue, there's always an answer. That's it. He said, then there's always one more answer. Yes. And then there's always a better answer. Yes. So he was like, you have to keep coming That's up. That's it. The first solution is not the final solution. No. And so it's the same concept of the why. Like, am I yep. willing to keep drilling yes. down? Because then the answer might not be prison ministry. I am reading. <laughs> I might come up with a different solution. Listen, I so I, I'm a voracious reader. I love to read. And I'm right now I'm reading this book called How to Think Like a Rocket Scientist. Mm. And the chapter I just finished, um, the guy, he used to work on, like, the Mars rover project. Mm-hmm. He's a NASA scientist. But um, he said exactly that. He said, never stop at the good answer. Ooh. Because the good answer may not be the best answer. Oh. And you really have to be willing to say, hmm, is there a better way? And go back to first principles, which is Mm. not is there a better way based on what we've done? Mm -hmm. Given the problem, is Mm -hmm. there a better way to solve it? Right. Those are two different approaches. Absolutely. Because it could be that, well, we've had this prison ministry for 25 years. Is there a better way to do what we've always done? Yeah. Or is there a different way to do prison ministry? Right. Right. Or what are we trying to do? Do do we we need to to be doing more in foster care Mm. or with CPS or in the court system before they get to prison? Yes. Like, what problem are we trying to solve? That, I'm telling you, but it, yeah. Anyway, that's such a shift, but I think it calls us to this higher standard, not just more hours served, Mm -mm. but more energy given to to thinking. And so that's so good. I I know y'all are writing this down or hitting pause (laughs) and going, women, let me catch that again. Uh, Okay. Anything else that if you're coming in, I know you come in and support a lot of churches and serve them with, as a consultant, when you're Mm -hmm. coming in, what else is in your, your top checkbox, your list? I, I think every leader needs to have, and I talked about this in, in my talk, every leader needs to have a learning agenda. Which oh, is that was so good. It's just a yes. set of questions mm-hmm. that you ask everyone on your team to understand what's the state of the team, what's the state of the organization, and then what's the state of the landscape in which we operate. Now, in churches, we don't like to think of ourselves to be in competition with each other. Right. And mm-hmm. that's true. We're not yeah. in competition because we mm-hmm. are one body. But while we not be competitors, we are alternatives. <laughs> you know, people can make choices. People make choices. Yeah. And so we mm-hmm. have to be willing to be honest mm-hmm. and be like, are we 
the best choice. Yeah. And if not, then we need to figure out why that is and how we can push mm-hmm. for excellence in a, a deeper way. Ooh, a learning agenda. That's so that's so different than yeah. just a, a an action agenda. Let's Correct. get these things done. There's like, questions we want to answer. Yeah. So how do you now? I'm gonna switch it a little bit personally. Yeah. In your time, in your own self leadership, because we know leading self is the hardest person yeah. to lead. <laughs> um, what do you do in your day so that you're making time for your own mm-hmm. learning agenda? So mm-hmm. for your own time to just say, I know I have a million things in my life where I'm yeah. solving problems. Where am I learning? So. Um, Every Friday, Mm -hmm. like I block Friday off for what I call research and strategy. So that Mm -hmm. is my day that um, if there are questions I'm trying to answer, like let's just say I'll use many people are on social media. So it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I want to learn more about social media monetization. Mm -hmm. That is the day when I will literally allocate an hour or two Mm -hmm. to just study social media monetization. Mm -hmm. Or um, maybe I'm having like a really sticky or thorny staff issue. That might be the day that I research how to deal with a difficult staff member. Mm -hmm. But that's the day. Mm -hmm. I don't do nothing else. No meetings nothing this is my day for research and strategy and as I learn I build my strategy from that and it may prompt me to ask even more questions have more conversations but that's how I set aside that time you mm. you have to block it off on yeah. your calendar because it's not going to happen on its own it's not that's Mm-mm. so good and you how do you know because here's my issue I'm, I'm an achiever productivity <laughs> is a big thing for I understand. me how do you feel productive mm-hmm. when you're just when it's your learning research day which I know I need to do it in my head yeah but I'm like but but what yeah. did I get done? Like there's Listen, just something in my head going, but what did I get done? I when had like you, nine things I want to knock out. I'm a, sim- I'm a type uh, A. I'm a type A person. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, I need to the, take the things <laughs> off the list. The reason why I do it though is because I leave the day with new ideas. Like what mm. I'm solving yeah. is I'm solving a problem that I needed ideas for. I have new ideas. Right. I have maybe a hypothesis about uh-huh. something that I need to implement for my team, or maybe there's a new strategy I want to implement. That's what productivity is for me on that day. Yeah. It's like, okay, now I have the space to think differently mm-hmm. about what I'm facing and I can tackle it. Mm. Girl, I need to <laughs> put that in my 2024 journal. I Redefine productivity. I know it in my head. It's just, I get the yes. jitters. I'm just yes. like, I, but I, didn't, I got six emails I want to, yeah. <laughs> I know, that, I get it. It is so hard, but it's so necessary and it's really an investment. It to is. To think, you know. Okay, so we've talked about tools. Given all those tools and mental models, what are some things you think are like, you, you talked about ego, which yeah. might be your answer. What are one or two top struggles you see with leaders? It could be ability or character. Like, mm. what are some of the things you see are very common roadblocks for yeah. us? Because you can have the toolkit, mm. all the tools in the world. Yeah. And if you jacked up, you jacked up. Yeah. I think one, I will talk about ego in a minute because mm-hmm. I do think that's a big one, but one is what we just discussed, which is not making space to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to remember that there are new challenges we're going to face. Um, we have to constantly learn and grow. I have a very diverse literary diet. So I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, I love reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll read everything from business and leadership to faith to uh, science mm-hmm. about you know physics everything mm-hmm. from like culinary I read biographies mm-hmm. because as I'm reading all these different types of books I'm just getting new ideas right. and new approaches new right. ways of seeing things and so I think not making space to learn and grow is one but yeah ego is mm. huge it's like we have to guard against ego especially as leaders of faith because yeah. we know the Bible says God resists the proud He gives grace to the humble. But as we get puffed up in ourselves and we think that we're the bomb and we're the boss and we're Mm -hmm. all this, God is like, okay, you got it. Let me see Mm -hmm. what you can do. Right. Let me see how that goes. Let me see how that goes. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I think we have to guard against ego as well. Yeah. Man, that's huge. Okay. Let me see if I can think of anything else. Any other tools that you think we just have to know? 
even I mean, though you've like dropped a whole academic yeah. semester. <laughs> no, I think those are key ones. Those are key ones. And I think, again, just just disciplining yourself to just read. Mm-hmm. Be, a, be a student of leadership. Be a student of business. Be a student of all the different disciplines, whether it's literature, science, math. Just have a diverse set of sources to pull from okay. because that's going to make you better. That's good. Okay, now I have another one that's kind of yes. personal. So how, how did you arrive at the place, and this will be our final question, mm-hmm. that being bivocational mm-hmm. was exactly the space God wanted you to be in. I, I think for church mm-hmm. leaders, sometimes we think we've arrived yeah. when all we're doing is church. It's yeah. full time. If I'm really committed to this, I'm going to quit my job, which sometimes that's the case. Yeah, you know. But, but I know what, what pulls on me. So how, how have you come to the settled mm-hmm. realization that God wants me thriving in both of these spaces? Well, yeah, it was totally God because mm-hmm. I myself thought I was going to just be on a corporate track. Mm-hmm. Like I was on a Me corporate too. trajectory. I'm about to change the world. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I was going to just be CEO of some Fortune 50 company <laughs> and um I mean I was I was licensed in the ministry in ministry at 17. So mm-hmm. like I was preaching at a young age, but I never saw myself like in ministry, right. like traveling and preaching, never saw that. Um God just opened doors mm-hmm. and he didn't release me from my corporate work because that is, that is a ministry. It's a whole mission field. It's a mission field. Listen. And we, I think we do, we tend to think that the work in the tabernacle is somehow ministry yeah. and what we do outside of it is not. Right. No, it is ministry because Absolutely. we are priests yeah. everywhere that we go. Mm-hmm. That's what we're called to be. So mm-hmm. yeah, God did that thing. That I, is so I good. Wasn't and do you it. still get like low-key excited about like non-church stuff? Like when I'm sitting in meetings and we're figuring <laughs> our strategies and we just realign this budget or redo this org, I'm like, yes, we kill right, it. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I feel like there is a value to being a highly competent person Absolutely. that at the right moment gets to show your faith. Yes. Because now they're not like, oh, the church people just, that's because you only, right. that's because you just didn't get mm-hmm. an education. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm here. Yes. I've made my way in this space. Yes. But also when you ask me how I do it and mm-hmm. why I'm not stressed, I'm like, come in. It's Jesus. Close the door. Listen, God, <laughs> God has called me specifically to be a light in dark places. Absolutely. That is the call that he has given me is mm-hmm. be a light in dark places to carry my witness for Jesus into the places where he would not normally be. Absolutely. To be a witness for him. And so I, I think it's a privilege to be able to be in those rooms Mm -hmm. where people are not thinking about Jesus at all. Yeah. But you show up as his representative. With with a whole lot of intelligence. Yes. A whole lot of integrity and Jesus. That's it. I love it. Man, Nona, thank you so much for being with us. This has like been a rich 29 minutes. (laughs) It has been so rich. I know people are going to pause and rewind and write. This can really change the trajectory of a leader's life. And I just appreciate you. I appreciate what you are to the body of Christ. I appreciate who you are in the marketplace. And so, man, it's just, it's always a a pleasure to be with you. So I appreciate you, you, sis. And I appreciate your ministry and just how you are, you are a voice of truth and authenticity. And like, I'm just Mm. so blessed by you Mm. and your example. So, well, we just loving on each other. That's what we do. Thanks for being my friend. (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much Nona thank you girl so I hope you enjoyed today's episode if you did make sure leave a comment leave a review share subscribe all the things and we'll catch you next time